0: How are you? How's your day? Yeah, it was alright. And what what scares you most about living in this world? <laughs> <laughs> straight into the deep end. All right. Um,
1: I think I had an answer straight away. It's losing a family member, like an immediate family member, that's like completely terrified me. Mm. And I, I feel like I've had a really, really lucky life and I have been born into this perfect family. Mm. And I just know that it's like nearly too good to be true that I'm kind of always been waiting for something really bad to happen. I feel like if I was to lose an immediate family member, like I would not wanna be here anymore. And that, that's always scared me more than anything else.
0: Man, have you ever lost anyone that makes you have that fear?
1: I lost one of my best friends in at the very start of year twelve in between year eleven year twelve um, summer holidays from cancer i mean i mean that was that was obviously really shitty I think the best thing about it was that being in year twelve and being in such a large friendship group that we all just kind of um, like because we were forced to go to school five days a week we were forced to just be around each other and um we always spoke about him it wasn't like a topic we avoided um and i felt like that just like really helped the healing process but mm, mm. um i mean i, I lost a, a couple of other friends along the way but he was probably the one i was closest to mm. and then um my my pa passed away like uh, maybe three weeks ago and that was probably oh. the probably the first that was, was the first of my grandparents to to pass which is kind of strange as it 27 year old um
0: mm.
1: but yeah it wasn't like a, an extremely sudden thing or anything but mm. it doesn't make it easier it like much easier
0: no yeah and how, how have you been processing that the last 3 weeks
1: um i think because it wasn't sudden and you know it was and his funeral was much more of a celebration rather than a you know mm. um like a morning of a, something taken prematurely. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I I coped pretty well with it, yeah.
0: It yeah. takes time, doesn't it though? like, and it, yeah. I, I remember when I lost my grand granddad, um, he was the first one out of the four to go as well. And mm-hmm. um, it just, it, I mean, it hits you like nothing else initially, doesn't it? Like yeah. It just, you just don't know how to process, you, like say when you lost someone mm-hmm. really close to you, just the concept that they're not going to be around anymore. Mm. It's just
1: that's the hardest part to get you to get your head around. I think that they're not going to be the next Christmas or when you go over there, mm-hmm. sitting in that same chair. Like I think um, another part of losing a grandparent is seeing your father or mother, whoever it is, they've just lost their their parent. Like, mm-hmm. and I've always pictured me in. I don't know, however many years, when I eventually lose my parents, like that's just, I don't know, another, another pretty scary thought, as I mentioned before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But,
0: yeah. So so that's a fairly recent fear since you lose your pa. Mm. Um, or has that been like the thought of losing someone close in your family been on your mind for like many years? Many years, yeah. yeah. Immediate family, definitely. So, Definitely. So this is like, a, like one of your greatest fears has just been actualized then? the Last few weeks, kind of,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, when I say immediate, immediate family," I mean my sisters or my parents. Oh, gotcha. But like, um, grandparent, I guess, is mm. the next worst thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was weird because yes, like yesterday, I, I found out some like like not tragic news, but some pretty shitty news. And when I my emotional reaction happened, I could I just thought about my pa, which is weird. Like, and I, and I understand it was only three weeks ago, but it's weird that it just kind of reminds you that, like, as soon as you open up that little gate, mm. like, there's still more grieving to to be done. Mm. And it was really weird because I was at work and I just started thinking about my pa. And the news was completely unrelated. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm. Then and
0: it's just, it's, it knocks you out of the sky, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But,
1: like I said, I've had an extremely lucky life in terms of all that. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: And your how do you feel about like processing it? Like so really going to not, but I think it's like a powerful thing. Yeah, and it's like great to talk about and norm, not normalize the conversation around mm-hmm. it because it, it's uh it's something that I think we naturally want to kind of make ourselves feel better or ignore or not feel the pain as much as it's wanting to be felt. Mm-hmm. And like, there's that. Have you have you noticed any kind of resistance to the pain or not wanting to feel it? Or what, what do you do when you? when you feel like it's just bubbling up, like put yourself in a um, safe space or? I feel like it—it it
1: is really easy to ignore the feeling when it comes, especially if you're preoccupied at the time. Um, but I feel like it's really important to, when it comes, not to stop it, like to let it out because it has to come out. And I feel like even when like sitting at the funeral I found myself wanting to think about other things to stop myself from crying, but I always kept bringing myself back to like, make sure you grieve properly. Otherwise it would come out in other aspects of your life further down the track. Um, Mm. And I think I I, I kept it pretty private as well. I didn't really tell anyone, Um, but uh, consequently it didn't, it meant that I didn't really talk about it with a lot of my friends Um, and I've kind of regret doing that because I wish I had told more people so I could have spoken about it more. I had Um, the support as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, my best mate's been away for like 12 months now and, you know, not having him around, around the corner to go hang out with or, um, yeah, that, that's been a bit weird, but like I, you know, I'm so close to my family and Mm. it was, you know, something that happened within the family. So Mm. I guess they're my biggest support base.
0: Mm, That's great. You got them. Yeah. It's the support thing is something I've realized recently as well. Like I find, I was telling you before we started rolling up, like this mild depression's been creeping back in. Like I was chronically ill, chronically mentally ill, like five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually more than that. Seven or or eight. Anyway. Um, But this, it's, I felt like it started creeping back in. And one thing I've noticed is that makes it worse is just isolating myself or being alone but when i'm out with people mm-hmm. or or just socializing or basically you know outward looking and it's a very obvious thing to say and it's a whole different thing when you just actually do it but um even today for example you know i hung out with one friend and then I had a phone chat with another friend and just felt great <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like my, i just felt like i've kicked off my day in a great way i'm really happy and Um, And it's funny how much that shifted my attitude with just connecting with people. For sure. Um, But it's something I think I find frustrating because some people you can't feel like you can connect to or some people, you know, some of your friends, uh, they don't really go there and like how you're feeling. Or you look down. What's going on? Like Mm -hmm. digging in there. Like for me personally, and everyone's different on this. But me personally, I love it when my friend goes, "What's up, man? Like, you seem low. What's going on inside you?" Exactly. And I'm just like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm feel shit, man." And I don't know why I feel shit, but I just feel shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And those kind of friends always know the right time to ask that question. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a, it's not a, "Hey, how are you?" It's a like, later on, like it's discreetly. Yeah. What's going on? Are you okay? because of this this this, like you know yep. i've picked up on these things and like they're the kind of friends that show you what being a friend is really like i think
0: yeah i mm. agree yeah it's not doing it in front of like four other friends while yeah. yeah a kebab <laughs> discretion discretion yeah um but yeah that it's funny that connection you know how we how much we other people reflect so much to us not just um our sense of who we are but Mm. like that's how we experience love you know that's how we we wouldn't be able to experience love unless we knew what it was to not love or to not have someone or to not have that reflection so i i I reckon i make massive respect for you feeling it and letting yourself feel it when Mm -hmm. it bubbles up Mm -hmm. because it's it's painful as fuck isn't it yep it's really painful
1: yep but there's even still there's um I feel like there's always a lot of positive to, positives to be drawn from feeling sad. I mean, when I'm when I'm sad, that's when I'm the most creative and that's mm. when I do the most writing. It's when I listen to my favorite music. Mm. Um so I, I guess I I don't hate feeling sad. It, it, I mean,
0: you're a sad fiend.
1: <laughs> I feel like sometimes I do romanticize <laughs> because like 95% of the music I listen to is really sad music. Yeah most of my favorite movies are sad movies yeah um but that being said like I'm the furthest thing from a sad person yeah but it, like when it when it comes on um quite irregularly I don't hate it I'm happy to ride the wave and yeah. like I said that's when I'll um you know write a piece that I ended up I end up using for a while or um mm. like it just it just promotes the most thought Mm. At that time for me anyway, but
0: why do you think that is is it because it's like a, it's uh, therapeutic for you almost. it's your outlet of your that energy
1: yeah I, f- I feel like it kind of when you're really sad it kind of tells you what you're really thinking mm. um, so it, and if if, I, if for example, if I was to write a, a song or a lyric when I'm trying to write say I'm trying to continue on to it Something I've already written, and it's a sad song, but I'm feeling happy, and I'm forced to continue that. I, I, just, I just get nowhere because I'm not in the right headspace, and I feel like when you're when you're feeling sad about something, or if you you know tap back into that feeling that you're writing about, and completely clear head, that's when you can think clearly and mm. you know actually reference those emotions that you were trying to talk about.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. And so, what are your favourite creative outlets at the moment? Um, good question. you write music? Yes. you do, you,
1: you work the, in fashion? Write music, yes, would be my favourite, but I have, haven't been doing it anywhere near enough recently. Um, when my best mate gets back from overseas, or will get stuck mm. stuck into that again. Um, what instrument does he play in the band? He's a guitarist.
0: And then you're drums?
1: I'm, I sing and play bass, so... Um, He's this riff, riff genius that just picks up a guitar and 10 minutes later he's written a song and doesn't even know what he's written, but it sounds cool. That's awesome. I'll help him compile the thoughts and, you know, take my time coming up with a melody, which is not something that comes easy to me. But Mm. um, yeah, so I I mean, every now and then I write a really good paragraph, but then I struggle to continue on from it. Mm. Um, Some other outlets would be. I mean, yeah, I work in fashion, but I'm not really in the um, creative part of that just yet. I mean, definitely with, with how I dress, like, I mean, I don't dress the most mm. out there, but mm. it's definitely, I feel like you can tell a lot about a person by what they're wearing. and um, So maybe just in general fashion and music I listen to is definitely an outlet. Um, exercise.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much... What's your exercise version? Because you're bloody, bloody fit. Nah. No, 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 no. Anyone goes to the Instagram, you're about to see how fit you are.
1: Definitely not as fit as what I used to be. Like, um, I was a personal trainer for six years. Oh, really? Prior to, yeah, prior mm. to my new job. So, um, being in that environment all day, every day was, um, I mean, you kind of get, sometimes you get caught in this little, gym bubble where you feel like that's all that matters and I was training every day and at one point I was probably nearly 10 kilos heavier than what I am now and it was mostly muscle mostly muscle yeah and then Nuts. and then I kind of one day I was like oh I don't I don't want to look like this anymore I like I like you know um I guess looking when I've got clothes on like I don't go to the gym but when I have less clothes on than I look like I do go to the gym I like mm. that um that balance. I don't really like the big, bulky looking, filling out clothes. Mm. I don't, I feel like it's really hard to mm. make an outfit look good when you're that muscly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. compromising your fashion. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And and like my modelling work in increased heaps when I started to be to fit clothes better and be sample size and not be so. bulky yeah yeah Yeah, what a a buffer
0: to I hate
1: it and I wasn't I wasn't even that big but for me I was big yeah 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 Yeah, so
0: I got a mate that does powerlifting and he's like tanked and he's about to go up a weight division um because he's because he wants to like that's the new challenge but like I'm like what the fuck man you're gonna be like super super tanked but um But, and then he's like, ah, oh, it's just physical, who cares? Like, but that's because it, it, but he's a machine. He's made to do this particular mm-hmm. thing. So that's his, that's his business, you know? For sure. He doesn't need to fit into snazzy clothes. No, no, <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yes. And,
1: and like the, you know, the people who I used to work with, they don't really care what they look like mm. when they're outside of their gym gear. So, mm. I mean, that's, that's them.
0: Mm. Um, and what kind of music is your band and what, what are they called? Where can people listen to them? Um, my
1: band that I sing for is called Wayside. Um, we're on Spotify and other general things. Mm. Um, at the moment, it's just me and my friend Josh. Because um, we, we haven't actually played any shows yet because he went travelling as soon as we released our first EP. Um, so you're looking for a drummer? Kind of, yeah. Mm. Um, and we kind of... It's, it's honestly the hardest genre to describe. I struggle so much with it. Um, mm. It's kind of like a, an alternative... An alternative emo, but not not the emo that springs to mind when you hear... Like, Taking Back Sunday and stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's it's um, similar to a couple of bands called like um, Citizen or Balancing Composure and Basement, some bands that we referenced. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, just an alternative post-punk, post-emo type thing. Um, kind of just... The music that we enjoy listening to the most and we just done our own kind of take on it but i think probably take a bit of a different direction with the full length mm-hmm. awesome. yeah. and yeah, yeah just fill in for another couple of other bands so don't
0: what are mind. the other bands what kind of like what kind of music do you like playing the most um <coughs> or de- depend, oh, elements de- about that music kind of thing
1: depends on what instrument i i i filled in um for a heavier band like it's like kind of metalcore and that's Obviously, a lot harder to play on a on a bass guitar, but it's pretty fun being on stage when you can, mm. you know, jump around and go a bit crazy. And then the other band I um, f- have filled in for recently is um, Storm in the Sky, and it's a bit bit similar to my band. Um, mm. Yeah, I guess kind of that's like alternative punk, mm. modern punk type thing. Um, mm and yeah I, I don't know I feel like I mean I, I, don't, I don't love playing bass it's definitely not my favourite instrument I prefer mm. to be on the drums but I feel like there's something fun about it it's definitely something fun about being yeah. being on stage and then looking at all these people standing watching you like I, I, I don't know Just, I, I always thought I would get really nervous doing that but I've never once been nervous doing that
0: mm-hmm. um, it's like your comfort blanket I mean like it's your you get comfortable behind it right
1: exactly and if you're confident with what you have to do and then you, the lights are bright, you can't see anyone anyway. Like, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: yeah, I love it.
0: Man, I was jamming last night with um, my band and th- the feeling, because I haven't jammed in ages, so this is a new band, so I say it's my mm-hmm. band, like we've mm-hmm. been in it for years, but we, that was our first jam last night. Wow! But it's my brother-in-law writes all the songs and I've written a bunch like last year, but I never went followed through of them. It was just more like for me. But this year, it's just all about his music and mm-hmm. um, man, doing it last night was just... Liberating. So liberating. And yeah. it was like after at one point, I was like, I feel like we're all going to war together because we're just all <laughs> rocking the fuck out and just all in sync, just like three dudes. Yep. It just felt so tribal or I can't even describe the feeling like it was a drug. Yep. After that session, it was like, holy fuck, I love this so much, just like funky, heavy rock. And then you just, you're all in harmony with each other. Yep. And the dude, like Brett's screaming is like heart out and and JT's just smashing the shit out of the drums. And the bass just felt so big and powerful and it was just like this. I don't know. I don't know it literally felt like yep. we're
1: going to war. And then you stop and then it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. done
0: now. Stop, yeah. <laughs>
1: I have to go to bed. Huh? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I hate right. that. Yeah.
0: That's exactly what it is. It's like three and a half minutes of just like, we're going to murder someone and then... And you got to spend 20 minutes unpacking all your gears. <laughs> yeah, all your energy. It takes like an
1: hour to decompress. Yeah, yep, sure does. But I feel like... Something about being in a band where everyone does their job well, mm. and you can only have to focus on what you're doing. When mm. I mean, growing up, I played in a lot of shitty bands that I always had to keep keep an eye on what other people were doing because yeah. I was I just was nervous about they were going to get it wrong. But in in like especially the band I was just filling in for was still in the Sky. Like everyone there just does such a good job, mm. for, like on their job, so they can just focus on doing yours and mm. yeah, I love that.
0: It's so good, isn't it and there's yeah. got to be something spiritual about it like in terms of the connection like music like sitting around a fire drumming there's something being around in centuries with mankind for just connecting over music mm. be- being in sync with each other there's something about like it's an ex- we love being in synchronicity with one another and I feeling the same thing as someone else or seeing someone do something and relating to what they're doing yeah when, when you're in this moment of just like rhythm and to, the, to a beat. It's just, like, dance parties, whatever, you know? Yeah.
1: It's this... That, th- it's that weird saying where words stop, music continues, like, or mm. whatever. It's something like mm. that, but mm. it's kind of like... it. Music kind of expresses something that words can't. I, and I feel like it, it comes with... Even when you're just listening to the same music as someone else, like, you don't even have to be in the same country or state, but you, if you know that mm. that's what they're listening to... Like, I've got I've got a, a friend in... Um, who lives two states away and she just lives to this she just listens to this this music that is so similar to what I listen to and we always bond over what we're listening to at the time or talk about things and I feel like that's also not even just playing the same music as someone else but listening to the same music as someone else and being into the same bands um like I've got a lot of I got one particular friend who who I'm really close to but she lives in another state and we kind of Um, remain close because we're always talking about what music we're listening to or referencing our favorite bands or every now and then going to a show together Mm. or um, buying each other you know particular vinyls and things like that that yeah it's just kind of like it's culture yeah it's kind of it's kind of a a, a bit of a supplement for like being around each other like listening to the same music knowing that you're kind of picking up on the same things and in the same mood and Mm. same colors and spaces and yeah, I know, I think it's pretty cool.
0: It's, it unites, like, how does, it's just mm. such a uniting tool, isn't it?
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: And it speaks every language as well. It's like laughter. It's mm. a universal energy that it doesn't matter where you're from. You can, exactly you can, and there's, there's something actually awesome about that specifically. Like, I remember when I was at Carnival in Rio in about three and a half years ago, hmm A friend there took me around to the block parties, the blockos, they call them. And it's not like the classic mainstream, Mm. what you get at Carnival. It's it's like like a 30-piece instrumental band, like all brass, horns, drums, and they're just playing and there's all different theme ones but the rad ones were like that and they'll just start like you know 10, 20 people but as they're moving around through the streets everyone's drinking like high as a fucking kite moving to the sound of the beat and this it's like a mobile sound system that's yeah. playing live music and covers and stuff and and you're you just going through the streets and the 10, 20, 30, 100, 1000 some of them were like two, three thousand people, and then it would just migrate like this organism under a bridge, and then the echo, the acoustics would just like reverberate, and then we would just stay there for ages. Everyone's going nuts, wow. and it's just, and everyone speaks different. You know, like yeah. I spoke a different language to everyone, but you. <clears throat> and there's this one funny point. I was a climbing up a tree because I was a bit high, and and I was just like getting a view. And we had like mobilised in a particular place, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something bad happened. In the, like someone broke out, like there's a fight, or someone, some guy was inappropriate to a girl. Oh, and then the other guy like defended her and then pushed him away. And then like a fucking beehive against like like a murderer in their tribe. I don't even know if they do this. shit <laughs> <laughs> Exactly like a Beho (laughs) But they they all Everyone turned Like it was like a ripple effect Outward More Everyone was aware That what happened Yeah And then he just got Rejected from the tribe Like Good Like it was amazing How everyone responded like that Turned The music quietened down Everyone was like No no boo Boo Loads of booing and hissing And then just Literally the guy just walked out Like with his head Between his (laughs) tails Or his tail between his legs (laughs) (laughs) that's that was shit shit Reverends. but like I just it was like a beautiful and then the music just went up again and everyone just got back into it but it just felt like a beautiful intelligent organism where everyone's in sync so much if something bad happens like that's what if you think about like Melbourne for instance like if we're all in this beautiful synchronicity I don't know how... Well, maybe every Sunday we should, our religion should be dance parties in the street. Like, how fucking rad would I'm that be? I'm up for it. Said, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's too proud here to
1: do that kind of thing, unfortunately. do not
0: they? Maybe, yeah. we may, maybe we try to start it up. It's something we, have, we don't
1: have the, the, the culture. Like, I mean, every now and then there's like the, the Spanish festival or things like that where it might happen. You might, you might see glimpses of it, but mm. I just don't think we have the culture for that.
0: Honestly. No, no, I know. It's yeah. sad. that. I was like, I was feeling that with Melbourne recently. Like, it's just got this energy that's. So you think it's pride? Do you think, or because it, it bugs me a bit? Like, I don't feel that free here, and it feels a bit like.
1: What yeah, is it? Uh, I, f- I feel at home. percent I feel like, every, I mean, we're a very judgmental, judgmental country. Even though it's a very safe, place to be and very multicultural, um, compared to the rest of the world, it's a very, judgmental. Country, like city and country. So, what I've really noticed when I've travelled is that Australians have a really strong case of tall poppy syndrome. So, as soon as someone <laughs> sticks out from the crowd, mm. they want to chop them down and bring them back down, even lower to where they are, mm. rather than just embrace what they're doing or encourage it or support it. And I noticed that when I went to when I went to America recently, I'm, I'm by no means am I saying America is better than Australia, but <laughs> I just feel like. <laughs> So, if someone, if someone asked me in Australia what I'd do, I would never be truthful with them. I'd always, yeah. I'd always I'd say one of my jobs and it would kind of be the the job that would make me sound less of a dick. <laughs> so, like, I, I would never say, oh, yeah, I'm a model. Because yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, oh, you're an idiot for saying that. Yeah, yeah. So, I would just say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a personal trainer and I would just leave it. Whereas it, when I was in America, I felt the freedom and comfort to say... Oh yeah, like I am a model mm. because that's because that's what I was doing, that's and I true. have the right to say that. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't feel like in their head they were going, "Oh, so you think you're hot shit?" It was just mm. like, mm. "Oh, that's great, my friend does this. You might know him," and they mm. just start like networking and they just try to think of how they can support you and mm. and help you and and I feel like, yeah. like if if you, I mean, if you're doing anything weird on the streets of Melbourne, I feel like someone's recording you. Someone is like. Someone Going up on brown cardigan. Exactly. Someone is zooming in on you, and I just so when I when I have to, ever have to do a shoot on the street, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna end up on some <laughs> some site being like called an influencer or something like that. But it, it, has it, that happened? It hasn't happened yet, but it, I'm sure it will one day. Um, but I feel like in other countries, it's just not like that. People just they just don't. Especially like you say in New York, like people mm. just they just.
0: Mind their own business. You can't be weird enough. And, and exactly. And no one gives a fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like walking by it, they would care and support it if they're connected. But like everyone yeah. is a bit heads down in their own world in New York as well, mind. But in the right... You in know, the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because there's so much going on. It's survival. Yep. yep. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's pride. Because I... Like that's... I think that's one of the things. You don't feel like you can be just be who you are. Mm-mm. And it's funny that because it's not... It doesn't feel like it's this gross, obvious... I mean really it doesn't feel like this gross obvious thing like there's signs and labels about that's how we should be in this culture but it's fucking subliminally underlying because i feel it mm-hmm. i don't like it and like you say it's just is what it is it's just accepting yourself like a model yeah yeah that's that's, that's what i do yep. but it, like i suppose <laughs> it's all popular <laughs> I think you're better than me mate it's, it's yeah i do yeah because my entire validation becomes from my work uh-huh. and work alone like it's unfortunately that's how people think well
1: <laughs> what is it well like not well some people I, I, I a lot of people i think do it. not know what it is we have i mean we have this sense of of the modesty where we always have to be modest about what we're doing even in
0: england's a bit like that too
1: yeah mm-hmm. and i feel like it probably has a similar culture where they want to kind of maybe chop people down to the yeah. same level But even in, in in sports and things like that everyone's always trying to be modest which is great but i feel like it doesn't like the the line between modest and accepting someone for who they are <laughs> is a huge line. Like I feel like they need to go so hand in hand. Like people are too afraid now to really tell someone what they are, or what they do, or how good they are. Mm. They're just always kind of always playing it down. And mm. i you know I do it myself, but mm. I feel like I was less inclined to do that in other countries because people just can be a little bit more accepting.
0: Yeah, like South America as well as like that. <laughs> a lot of places in Europe like that. Mm but and and america as well like you're right they're progressive that's what's cool and exciting about america is while they're doing some radical bad things at the moment. They also do <laughs> ra- radical positive things yeah. as well. Like, And there's a shitload of that in California particularly. For sure. So I, I think it's something that would be awesome if there's some kind of reform <laughs> in Australia. I don't know how you could ever campaign
1: that, but, it, it, <laughs> but I, I would, I'd be on board.
0: Maybe it's a Saturday dance party. We get one council on board where we go, right, this is the South Yarra Council, mm-hmm. and every Saturday between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m., we're going we're gonna to get like a different band or a mobile DJ. So we could get a we, like you'd block off Chapel Street mm-hmm. and just go, this thing just goes up and down mobile all day and everyone just comes and dances.
1: Would, would you go to that? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. I would think twice about going to that.
0: <laughs> and well, I, I started it, so I have to go to
1: it. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like I would have to be something spontaneous, not like okay. planning. Like I wouldn't be at home and like get ready for it. Like okay. I, I'd want to be out somewhere and then go, oh, this is on. And then I'll just like, join in and continue the vibe but I don't feel like I could be at home yeah in like my my trackies and then go oh yeah I'm just gonna go to a dance party in like 10 minutes like <laughs> in the street
0: if, yeah. in winter
1: I don't know if I could do that
0: <laughs> yeah right that's interesting because there, there is something really exciting about like if you see something happening and getting drawn to it the magnetic energy of it but I'd also think in Melbourne people aren't like that, so it'll be fucking hard for uptake.
1: <laughs> Everyone thinks they're too cool. Yeah. Everyone, like... What's that? Um, it's fam- uh, a quote? It's a famous... Yeah, kind of a famous poem. I It might have been Bukowski. I, think I thought you were about to drop your own. Nah, I wish. <laughs> I think he wrote something about... Um, some sort of poem about not helping a dog on the street because of how it would make him look. Or like a dying oh. dog or something like that. Some sort of mm. bit... But I see that all the time you know, on public transport. If if people are, if someone is clearly unwell or they're, you know, some might see a homeless man that's unwell. People just just walk past and step over them, and and that's not to say that they're bad people, but they're just so afraid of what they, what they'll be perceived as for doing that. And mm. and I understand it's quite a a sense of vulnerability when you're asking. Someone who you don't know, who you don't know if if it's a safe thing to do. So if they're okay, mm. but it's just that's like a I think it's a huge flaw in mm. in humanity that we're too proud or too um, just do con- yeah too conscious of what we're going to be perceived as for doing that mm. instead of helping someone who clearly needs help.
0: Man, completely- I completely.
1: I don't know how I got Scott to that point, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I see it in some friends and yeah. They're just like paralyzed by what other people think of them that i don 't even fucking know who they are really because they're just their their expression is basically an accumulation of mm-hmm. what they think people think of them or something or other God knows but it's 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 um i don't know it's just not very life given it's not very yeah. And the, and then you say the same thing about these people walking down the street that are like that. And then I'm definitely guilty of it as well because mm. a lot of the, a bunch of times I'm like in my own world and I'm not aware of what other people are I'm just thinking 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 you know. Um and I'm not present still and like calm and centered like after a solid meditation and you're just like your your awareness mm. is fucking through the roof and mm-hmm. you want to connect and you want to move like that but a bunch of times in a bad way. So like I do it everyone like people do it. It's yeah. um I suppose the thing is why we do it. I mean, I'm more guilty of doing it because I'm stuck in my own head thinking about my own problems mm-hmm. and then what I look like. I'm not, I'm not worried really what I look like mm-hmm. if I look stupid or something. Um, unless I have a moment of freaking insecurity about something. <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, so but for other people, you reckon it's a bit more do 't want to step outside the status quo that like the train track route that they 're going mm-hmm.
1: yeah in fear of what they might look like, yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
1: well I'm, i don't know i don 't want to speak for everyone, but I feel like that 's pretty yeah. yeah pretty common, yeah
0: yeah, it would be great ma'am, this has got, kind of got me inspired about creating some kind of event in Melbourne where it just kind of cracks the fractures of this fucking illusion we, that we
1: 're in i can, we need something soon, even even like um,
0: when he's something soon or I'm out
1: of it. <laughs> Even going out for a drink and a dance, where do you go? Yeah. I mean, like, there are, there are so many places to go, but there are no really good places to go, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you go to uh, clubs where people dress up and pretend they've got more money than what they actually do. Mm-hmm. and like uh, the ones I'm at every night. Oh
0: <laughs> no,
1: oh, and, and I've been sucked into going yeah. to them, but yeah. I, but I never actually enjoy myself unless I'm off my face. Yeah. Um, because once again, everyone's too worried about what they look like or what they might be perceived as, and I just feel like we don't have the party culture that we used to. Well, mm. uh, maybe I'm just getting older and not being into as many things, but mm. I feel like there's a definite void that needs to be filled with um, a nightlife and mm. cool cool places to go. I don't know enough of them.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Like, I, I know there's been some rad, rad, like, Rock Sands. It was, like, a really cool club back in the day, I think. Mm. And there's a bunch of ones that were just authentic, I guess. You and know?
1: They're, all, they're all closed down now, though. Yeah. That's a shit thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And would you... Because like, I barely drink anymore. That's the only thing with... Like, that's why I don't personally go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go to bed early because I get up at 5am every morning. So I, But I like... I like dancing. (laughs) Yeah. And and I also like the pressure of not having to drink. Like that's another thing I find it hard when I go out. I was like, Oh, you're not drinking. Everything
1: revolves around being at the bar and like who needs a drink. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's a challenge in itself to not let that bother you and just enjoy it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, and also you just get tired quicker and everyone goes to another whole place in their state of consciousness than yeah. you do. So you you feel further and further apart. Yep. Um, so you can't last that long. And I've tried a bunch of times and it's a bit tricky. <laughs> but it's, it's also- It's,
1: pre, it's pretty hard to, to have a successful night out. Successful?
0: <laughs> S- yeah. Successful, yeah. successful
1: meaning you you reach a really good point of happiness yeah. and you feel, I guess, um, relieved? Yeah, Is yeah. maybe a word? Like I've, relaxed, have yeah. an awesome time. Yeah, you yeah. kind of like let out you know, whatever's been building up that week. I feel like that's what I would class as a successful night yeah, of yeah. going out.
0: Yeah. But, but when, when I just you like you, the idea of you going home that night and just like chalking up on a board like a <laughs> successful night. Yes. <laughs> yes, but I feel like
1: there's, not, there's nothing better than a house party.
0: Oh, mate, I'm all down for the house parties. Like a,
1: a good house party, you don't... I mean, you, you'd, well, like as a guy, you don't line up for the toilet. You, you brought your own drinks, you know exactly where they are. It mm. takes you two seconds to get them. Mm. You don't have to worry about what you're wearing or lining up mm. or smoking in a particular area. Like mm. is, I don't know.
0: It's awesome. I
1: haven't been to a good house party in way too long, <laughs> <laughs> way too long. But I feel like there's something so much better about house parties and festivals where it's out in the open and mm. um, you got, you got space and it's not like this little weird intric- intricacies of a club and
0: mm. Mm. I don't know. Festivals are the best. They're just like, far. they're like a, it's like a new village gets popped up or something. Yep. Have you ever been to Man?
1: No, it's on my list. Yeah. I really want to do it one day, but I, I, I don't think my friends have, have the money to, yeah, it's, for the the flights and the ticket and the transport and oh, hiring events a, a full-on thing. Have you been?
0: No, I haven't. I was looking at going this year and I actually found something <clears> that did all that for you. So, you pay about six grand, six and a half grand, and that's including ticket, including RV, food, drinks, everything. Wow. So, and th- th- they're not allowed to publicize this, but it was a fr- friend that connected me to him. But um, they that would be the way I would do it, I think, because it's just a week of wo- work to survive for a week in a desert. Exactly. Yep. I could be really full on like I've done
1: a lot of camping festivals but I reckon this would be a whole another level of survival <laughs> survival a whole another level like oh no. the amount of dust going around and how many cars are actually there how hot it would be oh. I mean I, I really want to try it one day yeah but it's I, such I, an investment it just the, the organisation was the biggest thing that mm. that's kind of scares me off of mm. mm. yeah. but if someone did it for me I'd definitely do it
0: have you ever actually, done ayahuasca or DMT or any kind of psychedelics that you've given you a state, of, like altered your state of consciousness? and No. no, no, no. I'm I ask, I am asking everyone at the moment that because I'm just fine. I find them so fascinating. I'm looking at doing Ayahuasca. I um, haven't done it, but in later in this year, mm-hmm. just because it's, there's this place arrhythmia in Costa Rica and they, they the first um, approved by the government medicinally official <laughs> oh, really? um, Ayahuasca center in the world. Okay. And um, it's like, it's going off at the moment. Like Graham Hancock goes there, all these like great philosophers, Dennis McKenna, Mm -hmm. all these therapists and stuff. And because people are just looking for a solution like that, particularly with mental illness, it's in medicine, there's no other area that's more underserved than mental illness in Mm -hmm. terms of medication. So it's an ayahuasca and or DMT is like providing this or mushrooms, all these psychedelics, creating these new states of consciousness for people that kick them out of it way more successfully than antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, you know, I'm obsessed with all that stuff, just researching mm-hmm. the shit out of it at the moment.
1: Wow. I think my, my, um, my sister's a psych- psychologist. Oh, cool. She's always, um, so anti, well, oh, that's a weird, weird. Answer. So anti antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> um, and always saying, I think she told me like all these studies of how, um, Exercise at a particular level has such a higher success rate, yeah than any sort of antidepressant
0: yeah but it, but that's I think I, I had a psychiatrist on this podcast, and he said it, you have to be like mildly depressed for it to work when you 're chronically depressed, mm-hmm. it doesn 't work, like okay. exercise can 't kick you out of it mm-hmm. you need, you need something more pivotable, apparently yep. okay. some studies, but yeah exercise when you 're mildly, it mm-hmm. does wonders yeah, what else does she say about it what, and um I think. It's I'm
1: just gonna this. I mm. think because um, GPS are so quick to, you know, they got a checklist and they go, oh, "Okay, yep, you're depressed. Here's your thing." Like, mm. I feel like that's just a bit of a bit of a kick in the teeth. It's bit uh, un- unintelligent, isn't yeah, it? yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so I feel like, you know, obviously you're not I'm not saying if you're depressed, like just exercise. Like, obviously, there's other things that you yeah. can be doing to all work together. But I feel like. That's one area that can be pretty overlooked for a lot of people. Like, mm, mm. I, I notice when I don't go to the gym or exercise for a couple of days that I feel agitated and things mm. annoy me more than they usually do. And mm. but then when you or 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 if in a bad mood, I'll just stop what I'm doing and pick myself up and go to the gym. And then when I come home, I'm like, oh, so much better. <laughs> and like for no particular reason, but I thought you just you know got your heart rate up and. Mm made yourself feel good for a little bit
0: Mm -hmm. yeah oh it feels amazing after exercise doesn't Mm -hmm. it I started this movement class that um, so the geezer that trained uh, putty <laughs> Palio or something like he's this he's this I don't know where he's from but he's this beautiful guy that trained Conor McGregor to move more like kung fu flowy oh yeah yeah, yeah. and he he trained a bunch of kids um, mm-hmm. and one of the kids or guys he's not a kid um, taught me taught me mo- movement and stuff mm-hmm. and he, he does it in Windsor and Melbourne if anyone's interested um, okay. that's that doesn't really help his name's Oscar <coughs> um, Oscar. <laughs> I can't remember his surname You're really narrowing it down <laughs> oh, Shit man I think it's Meerman Oscar Meerman Anyway okay. Uh, find me on Instagram and go to my follows list who I follow and type in Oscar and you'll find him um, but anyway he he talks about like how like every like working on every single little part of the body and how like chi and energy flows through it so it's more intelligent exercise than like it's you'd love it man you probably okay. already know a shit ton about it but I'd never heard of it before and it just like lit my world on fire mate I enjoy exercising in the morning because he gave me all these movement based like squats Like hanging from bars, like shoulder crunches, and just and also just awareness of where it's going, and then if I can transfer the energy to to work from another part of my body, Mm -hmm. and just have this deeper connection connection with with the energy in your body and what's going on, and um, and already my like I had lower back troubles, and they're going away since I've been squatting and doing all like getting my lower legs sorted. You just feel tall you know you Mm -hmm. walk tall and you feel capable yep posture yeah posture so yeah i mean you did six years of personal training so i suppose Mm -hmm. you know all this shit anyway and it sounds familiar right yeah but
1: but it obviously sounds different to what i was doing Mm. obviously mostly resistance training um but yeah like whatever like exercise is not like not everyone should do one particular kind of exercise everyone should do any particular exercise that they enjoy and that's yeah. the most important part like if you if you don't enjoy a particular type of exercise there are so many other different types that you can be doing mm, like mm. you don't have to think that oh I have to run because running is the best way to exercise running is not the best way to exercise like yeah, there's yeah. so many other things that you could be doing better things you'd be doing anyway but yeah. so the key is to just find something you legitimately enjoy yeah I mean that's like I said like the, the mental benefits from doing a, a sport or an exercise you actually enjoy is you know, I think it's just as important as the physical benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Awesome, man. Yeah. So what what are you excited about this year or coming up in your, in your not too distant future? Um,
1: my nephew's first birthday.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I
1: was actually been to go to Bali in August, but then my sister was like, Oh no, it's on this date. So I was like, "No, nope, staying home for that. <laughs>
0: um,
1: uh, that's so fun yes yeah, so that okay, and it won't even like he won't even know it's his own birthday but <laughs> I'll have more fun than he will maybe. Um
0: have you only got one nephew yes yeah, just yeah. the
1: one Yeah, oh, so special yeah it's pretty pretty new thing for us um, apart from that
0: how fun has it been an uncle
1: it's so much better than I thought it would be yeah Um and this is your sister that's a psychologist or psychologist yes yeah that's her yeah um I, because I've always been so close with her and her husband Mm. that he kind of feels like... Sometimes it kind of feels like more than just a nephew. Mm. Um, So, you know, they were together for a decade before Mm. before having him and I was always around because, you know, um, I was living with with my sister and Mm. so he was always around and I don't know. And he's just... I don't know I'm being biased but he's just the most he's just the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life and he's just got mm. the, the best energy about him and yeah it's probably the main reason why I'm still in the country and not travelling really it's because I don't want to miss out on like these crucial years
0: oh man that's awesome so, yeah
1: yeah it's, it's it's hit me like nothing else I feel like unless you unless you have something like that then you don't know what it feels like mm. and, I, and I couldn't even comprehend what having my own kid would feel like
0: my god that's what I'm tripping yeah. out at the moment <laughs> as well like How much I love Taylor and my nieces and nephews, and then thinking if that was my child, like holy fuck, you would love them so intensely. Mm -hmm. You feel so protective, so loving, and I just my key is like I just want to get myself in such a good state of consciousness where I'm really I feel really capable of what I'm passing on, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I bring them into this world really consciously, and that they don't have any of my bad energy or karma or so that they have the best chance in life so they don't have these limits or 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 mistaken their intellect on on the way things work they're just really pure (laughs) exactly yeah 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 Yeah, I I agree 100% (laughs) agree 100% yeah yeah
1: yeah I think going back to that first topic um I think what's even scarier than losing an immediate family member would be losing your own child at like prematurely have you seen um that movie hereditary that came out couple weeks ago i don't want to ruin it for anyone but like at one point um
0: at the end (laughs) at
1: at some point in 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 whatever movie um the mum the mum loses her daughter yeah and it's the it's the best on-screen reaction i've ever seen of what that would feel like it was as tony collette who who's she's the actress Mm. And I feel like she's she did it better than any other thing I've seen on screen of how it would oh. feel to like lose 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 something that of your own that's and that's so young. Mm. And I, and I remember I was I was saying like two weeks ago that I saw it and I was I sat there and I was like, holy fuck, this is this is actually excruciating to watch. And I don't even know these people and they're oh. act, they're actors. <laughs> yeah. I don't even but, know these people. Yeah. and they're actors. <laughs> But but that's a credit to how good she 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 did in that scene. I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, that is exactly what I would imagine yeah. a mother would react in that situation. It was horrifying, and that scares me more than losing an immediate family member. Mm. I mean, that would be an immediate family
0: member, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, it was that pre example. Yep. That's way more intense, isn't it? And then I suppose what's more intense is losing yourself. <laughs> If you died, actually, that would be easy. Nah, can be easy. Yeah. Oh, I,
1: I'm a bit of a, a realist, but once once you're dead, you're dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. You're not going to be. like, Oh, fuck! I'm <laughs> dead. It hurts.
1: <laughs> I missed myself. I'm missing out on so much. <laughs> yeah, it would just be like that's it. I'm. I'm not scared of. I'm not scared of dying. Oh yeah. As weird as I to say, I mean, everyone's kind of scared to a degree instinctly, but yeah, instinctively, but yeah but no i'm not scared of not being around anymore i don't really feel like i'm missing out on too much that's
0: interesting isn't it yeah so, so you, but you feel like you've got stuff to do that you want to do obviously for sure yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah. but um i'm i i mean i i want to believe in an afterlife but I, my hmm. realistic brain just cannot wrap my head around it <laughs> so i'm kind of of the opinion that once you're gone like that's it because there's never been proof of anything else so yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's it, right, that, unfortunately,
1: that's my belief.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. What, because like the thing is, if you think we're like our senses, that our reality and what consciousness is, like in terms of what quantum physics says it is, like this vibrating minuscule things. Mm. Um, what, there's so much shit we can't see with our senses. Like, so existence is delineated into these, into what our like flesh puppets eyes. can, and yep. yeah, eyes, ears and nose and whatnot. Um, dick bum, <laughs> what they can perceive. <laughs> my bum's like a really good radar for certain shit. <laughs> um, no, nah, I love my bum. Bums, <laughs> bums are great. <laughs> I've been getting way more into bums just because I on, think, on men or? <laughs> or just my own bum, right? Just my own bum. Like I used to not when like get my a good bum. handful. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I just thought it used to be small. And then I'm like, that's just a bum. It's funny, kind of cute and funny. And it's, it's a, <laughs> fucking weird thing a yeah. bum is a weird thing strongest muscle in the body excluding the tongue is it really i reckon <laughs> my tongue is probably stronger than my bum. <laughs> the size of it but but anyway bums oh yeah senses yes. yeah, back. so there's got to be so much that we don't know of what is going on in reality mm-hmm. so i mean that's why again drawn on psychedelics for a moment those experiences we have on psychedelics um i've only done a few Bits and pieces here and there, <laughs> but um, but the the world that I am opened up to into up to into is <laughs> is that wasn't a skip. That was just me repeating it and trying to correct it, and it being bad again. <laughs> um, the world that opens up in my senses, like who's to say that's not real? You know, yep. you know. Yep. So the way and the funny thing about these psychedelics experiences is that everyone has a they're all subjective, in unique to yourself, but they have an objective truth or an objective experience in the same way that we have subjective experiences of fear and love. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 building blocks of fear and love is identical in you and me. It's just different degrees and different manifestations in colour and mm-hmm. whatnot. So I don't know where I'm going with this. I I, I kind of well, yeah. So I feel like it, the nature of reality is there's so much more to it than what we are and. So in that sense, I don't know what when 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 we talk about consciousness or our awareness of being in these flesh puppets, that what that is that awareness of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I feel like it's it's it, it becomes brain fuckery after a while. But like, I I I sense that matter comes after consciousness. You know, like okay. something something is endowed. Something's conscious. Yep. Um, because of consciousness, not because of matter. So like the way mushrooms are conscious and they speak to one another and communicate and they're very, very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, we're we're a very sophisticated nervous system communicating to one another. You can't see things like energy. No, you can't. But we can feel it and we can sense it. And when you're on psychedelics, you can see it. Mm -hmm. And so all this shit, like who's to say that when I'm on psychedelics, it's not real just because I'm seeing it. it. It's as real as what I'm seeing now. Right. I think because it's like, oh, that's not real. No, it's fucking just as real. Like, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's just not real in a sober state.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: I, I, I don't know what you mean. I guess I'm kind of agnostic in that sense that I don't deny that there is something else, but I heavily doubt it because I haven't, <laughs> yeah. because I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's same with, with like, is there a God? Like until I see one, then fuck that. There's not a God. Like there's, yeah. there's
0: other ways of, why we're here but so what do you think of the universe when you say Um, like the when people talk about the universe and that shit
1: I once got caught down the rabbit hole of (laughs) like trying to trying to figure out religion and God and the universe and I I read books and I watched documentaries and I did my own research and I kind of by the end of it I was like fuck what's the point like like all you can control is here now and what your life is so that was kind of what I kind of shifted my focus into. Thanks, man. Um, but then, um, but I'm still, I wouldn't say an atheist, but I mean, i I think religion is one of the stupidest, most embarrassing things ever. That hum- embarrassing <laughs> humans for humans uh, If I was on another planet, I yeah. mean, if I was, if another planet had life and mm. they found out about religion, it'd mm. be, it'd be embarrassing. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like, um,
0: why is that? What, what is it specifically? Just,
1: just bec- because of how... how oh, like, not all religions, but how extreme some people can take it. And yeah, um, just the, the, like the, the wars... Like ideology. Yeah, it's the wars that it, that it started and people... You don't need to believe in a greater God or whatever mm-hmm. just to know the difference between right and wrong. Like, I understand... I understand the point of it, but Mm. there's just, there's just so much more to life than, Mm. than it. This is the way I see it. I I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but like, when people, when people take so much of their time into praying to someone who they've never seen or ever spoken to or ever seen proof of before,
0: in my head, I'm like, what a fucking waste of time. Like, But, but isn't that a sense, like it's a sense of something so it's it's like this sense it's a relationship to a sense of something mm-hmm. other other than um or uh, yeah it's interesting it, i can t- i know i feel like you're aligning a bit with Sam, what Sam Harris might say in terms of and i think he puts it really well and it's very true mm-hmm. that um a strong a rigid attachment to an ideology is bad idea mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it separates and it's divisive yep. um and I agree in that sense mm-hmm. i think. I like the idea of some kind of unified ideology that connects all human life, but I think that's also an ideology, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so keeps coming back to that word, doesn't it yeah, yeah. so it's, it's it's kind of this it's a rigid attachment to anything that causes suffering, really, and that, that could be religion, that could be politics, that could be money, mm-hmm. you know like you know money is a religion, like status, social status is a religion,
1: yeah, it's quite a broad term, isn't it yeah, yeah, I feel like the moment I really stopped believing was was when growing up, some of the best people I ever knew mm. were taken too soon. Mm. And I think fuck it, if if there was a God, why would why would he do that when all these horrible people are these were my thoughts as a teenager growing up trying to figure out the world, like why yeah. would he keep all these horrible people here but take all the best people I've ever seen or I've ever known and mm. and when people when people say like, oh, I'm going to go home and pray for, you know, something that's such a benign thing. Mm. I just kind of feel like it's arrogant to think that, that if there's, if there's one God that they're listening to you over the millions mm. of starving, starving children in the world, mm. or, and I, to be honest, this one, I remember this one time, it might've been year 10, year 11 in high school, in, in religion class, I went to a, a semi-private Catholic school and, um, this one, Kid in class in religion said, "I, I don't believe in Jesus. I feel like it was, it was, it was a made-up story to control the race at the time." And everyone in the class kind of looked around and went, "What the hell? Like, what a what a stupid thought!" And he got kicked out of class, sent to the principal's office, everything. And I remember seeing that, going, "Like, what what a stupid what a stupid thought!" And then I remember, I remember a few a few years later, I was like, "What a genius!" Like, yeah, yeah, how old are you? Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Might have been sixteen or seventeen yeah. at the time, and then yeah. a couple of years after school, I was like, "To me, that that's yeah. that's spot on." But I, I understand this is like quite a sensitive topic. Yeah, it can <laughs> be.
0: But you're entitled to your feelings yeah. about it. Um, the, 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 the. I mean, the earliest scripture written about Jesus was 30 years after his death, and none of the people that wrote about Jesus knew Jesus. Um, so that, I mean, that says a lot. And the majority mm-hmm. of the Bible verses of 300 years were conceived 300 years after his death. Mm. So think of that like fucking God knows what was happening in the 1700s. Like I wouldn't have a clue Mm -mm. what was. And so you're you're absolutely right. And a lot of things point to those things. I I, I mean, I sense there's enlightenment in you. People can attain a sense of a state of consciousness where they all see and all perceive and and that's just like transcending all their own limits and their own boundaries like Mm -hmm. Buddha or Jesus or Muhammad. I feel like these people, whether they lived or not, the the mechanic of being able to do that as a human being is true. Because I've experienced people in my actual life that walk and talk and feel like that. Mm-hmm. They radiate love. They're so true <clears throat> and pure and known and like just connected to all knowledge in the universe. And so people like that, I think, were probably those kind of people. And like anything that happens in life, these, they get adorned like celebrities, the equivalent nowadays. But in terms of that that point, I reckon you made about the like, if God is, I think that's that's a like archaic idea of what I'd imagine God to be. Like, I'd rather, because I I just think there's a supreme intelligence of 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 all of existence. Um, I sense there is because purely because like, if there's ten people in the room, how would work collectively if we had to solve a problem? The collective consciousness of those ten people is kind of you could call a, a localized. God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's kind of the supreme intelligence of everythingness. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely not, not a he, she, or anything. And I think this is the, my, my, how I've arrived at it through my own like, research as well. Mm-hmm. And direct experience, more importantly, is that there's cre- creation, maintenance, and destruction in existence. Mm-hmm. And Hello, how are you? Do your thing, do your thing. We're just <laughs> recording a podcast. Um, creation, maintenance and destruction in all existence. And they're all what you could call God or, 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 or everythingness, <laughs> the yep. absolute. Yep. And, and so, the, so destruction has to like, we don't know the grand scheme or the reason behind everything. There's not necessarily like the, it's darkness and it's light equally or the darkness Serves a purpose, and all the light serves a purpose, and it's this like harmony of nature, and you just need to look at nature to see the creation, maintenance, and destruction is fucking everywhere, Mm -hmm. in planets, in like stars and solar systems, in trees and ants, in us, and it's just the rhythm and the timing of all that is like I'm like I'm learning the destruction or death is it? It's it's there with reason. It's like. I think it's ignorant to put, like, religion and God and all this, like, God only does good things. Like, fucking, if, if there's religion people talking about God only doing good things, that's just total bollocks. Like, yeah. if you're saying that he's all-knowing, he is all-knowing, or all seeing and all-perceiving, and, and all-capable, then 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 why the fuck isn't he the darkness, then, and the death? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to be. Yeah. She has to be. It has to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're saying it's everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: It doesn't make any sense, does it?
0: <laughs> No, no, yeah, I never really thought of it, Thought of that, yeah. Interesting. It's, it's bonkers. It's mm. bonk. I mean, I grew up in a cult, so that's I, I was until I was twenty four, and that's when I left. It's like extreme fundamentalist Christian, mm-hmm. and um, and so I had that kind of, I th- I could tell in hindsight the difference between the direct experience of like looking within myself for peace and all knowing my higher self, mm-hmm. and the connection to that, and the dogma or the ideologies that were more, the culture around the spirituality mm-hmm. that to me ultimately distracted from just that's why I think I left is like I just wanted to find a true compass alone in the desert rather than following um, a belief structure which becomes dogmatic mm-hmm. but yeah it's, it's, it serves certain people and I think the world needs more spirit like spirituality and mm-hmm. spiritual teachings because sure. I think our western world is derived of spiritual and that's why yoga just like blew up I guess because it's, it teaches that definitely agree with that do you do yoga and meditation?
1: Um, I don't do yoga. I'd say I would do a form of meditation mm. through... Through um, rocking the fuck out in your band. Yeah, technically. Yeah. Just just listening to music. Sometimes if I just turn the lights off and put my phone away and close your eyes listen to music, to me that's a form of meditation. Mm. I, I have such a short attention span, I don't think I could really meditate easily in complete silence. Mm. I'd always w i would always always want to be doing things mm. and which which sucks. It's also another reason why I struggle to read like a long book. Cause even if I'm enjoying it, I'm like, oh what else what else can I be doing? Like I'm just always thinking of um <laughs>
0: always, always the, clean, all, the cleaner's just walking through and making a rap. <laughs> oh wait. Um
1: always it. always thinking of other things that I could be doing. and I, I don't I know that reading a book is not wasting time but when I do it I can't help but feel like I'm wasting time (laughs) like I'm like why am I reading a book when I can watch a movie about it in two hours like I hate I hate that my brain works like that I wish I could read books I can read like poems and stuff Mm-mm. but you asked me to read a long book and oh no chance yeah yeah
0: yeah it's this where we've got that kind of short attention span don't we yeah and how can things because we're absorbing so much like no generation before us has has, has a, the amount of information that we receive Mm-mm. it's fucking bonkers mm-hmm. so we're evolving rapidly right now to be able to process all this new information mm. that's why i personally feel like my i'm getting memory loss because <laughs> my brain can't keep up with the new data that's coming in right yeah
1: yep new stimulus is everywhere mm. stimuli
0: stimuli <laughs> sounds like a little gremlin.
1: What is the plural of that
0: word stimuli
1: stimuli maybe
0: the cleaners are kicking us out, so we should wrap up, yep. but um, thank you, Thomas, for being so open and well sharing welcome. sharing yourself yeah vulnerably.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you man. Namé fucking stay. <laughs>